Welcome back to another episode of the Halfways Podcast. Today, I want to talk about decision-making from fear or intuition. A couple of days ago, I sent out an email and I posted this text on social media. I didn't put it on Instagram, but I put it on Facebook because it's an important topic. And the topic is, are you making decisions from fear or are you making decisions from intuition? So what I want to do is kind of read through this email and explain different parts of it and why I feel like it's a conversation that we all need to have with ourselves so that we know whether we're making decisions from fear, which we don't want to do, right? No one wants to make decisions from fear. That's a contracted state of being. It's a fight or flight state of being. And normally we don't make the best decisions when we feel like we need to run for our life. How do we know whether we're making decisions from fear versus intuition? If you had asked me this question 10 years ago, 10 plus years ago to 15 years ago, I would have told you that a lot of the decisions that I was making that I was probably making from some intuitive state of being when I was actually making them out of fear. I did not have enough discernment within myself to know whether it was an intuitive decision or a fear-based one. And I didn't really know what the difference was, frankly. You know, it took me many years of diving into this topic to figure out the difference, but I can tell you very easily what the difference is now. You know, I couldn't have then, but I can now. So if you are making decisions from fear, it is going to feel like a constriction. It's going to feel like a stress-induced state of being. If you are making decisions from an intuitive state of being, it will be an expansive feeling. The reason I use the words constrictive and expansive versus negative and positive is because constricting and expanding have to do with the direction that the energy is flowing. Constricting tends to get more and more difficult. It's a heightened sense of being separate from being able to make a decision or who you really are, your inner being, your guides, if if it's an expanding decision, it's in an energy of moving in the direction of flow, of connection, of having more options to choose from. So I'll tell you where the email came from and what I was thinking when I wrote it. I was watching a documentary on Hulu, and I usually don't mention names because it isn't important who the person is. What's important is the energy that they're holding, the guidance that they're giving, and whether it's coming from their own intuitive source-connected place or it's coming from fear. But this person has millions of followers. They are very, very popular. But halfway through the second episode, my jaw was literally on the ground. And this guru, in quotes, was encouraging people to believe that she had the answers for her followers. 
to me, what I saw. Now, if you, again, if you had asked me this 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I probably would have been confused or conflicted about what was actually going on. Today, it's clear she's based in fear. It was really a do it my way or the highway type of instructional model. She was telling people that the only way to heal was to dig into pain and trauma. One of these followers specifically, when told by this spiritual leader that her parents hated her and the only way for her to heal was going to be to disown her family. The follower was heard saying, she's the psychic. She knows the truth. Wow. So to me, when this individual said this, what it says is they are willing to give away their power, meaning they don't believe that they can discern the right answer for themselves, that they need to go to somebody else to find what's considered the truth. That somehow psychics have been given this ability to see everything and we have to trust them without ever questioning what's going on. That's not the case. So I'm gonna explain what my perspective is on what's happening when a psychic you know, reads information or energy and why you need to be cautious. When someone says to you, I have the way, follow me. So no one, and I mean literally no one, not the guru that you covet, not a psychic, not your parent, not your spouse, not your sibling, not your religious leader, has the ability or right to tell you what the right path is to heal, think, live, or exist. No one else can tell you what the best path is to getting from where you currently are to where you want to be mentally, emotionally, physically, psychically, all of the above. We are used to giving our power away. We are trained when we are little that our parents know what's best for us and Many parents still believe that, that they know because they gave birth to these children, because they've been alive a number of years longer, that they somehow know what the best choice is for the child. Teachers do it to students. There is a standard of education. There is a script that's provided when you go to school. Therefore, the teacher does know what the right answer is based on the test. So we get used to this narrative of you authority figure must know what the right answer is and how could I, you know, lowly being that I am, know what is right for me because I am not an authority figure. That's how most people think of themselves. I want to change that narrative. I want to invite you to be the authority figure in your life and to connect with your inner guidance, your intuition your soul teams, your spirit guides, your higher self, and have a vibrant dialogue, an ongoing nonstop dialogue with this aspect of you that can help you decide in any given moment or situation, what is the next best step for you? We can ask other people's advice and it's, it's good to have a conversation sometimes. Other people can suggest things that have worked for them. And then we can get clarity on, yes, that feels like a good idea to explore. No, I don't want to explore that. Or maybe I'll put it off and do it a little bit, little bit later. 
But in the end, ultimately, it's your decision. I encourage you to get to know your inner guidance. Begin this relationship with this non-physical aspect of yourself that is truly the only entity that can help you make the best decision because it is you. So it knows what your limiting beliefs are. It knows what your filters are. It knows what your reservations are. It knows your path of most allowance. It knows what you want. It knows all of the infinite opportunities to get you there. So it's really the best form of advice, your inner guidance. If you do happen to be listening to somebody else and following that path, pay attention to, are you making the decision based on an energy of fear or an energy of calm certainty? It really isn't about the action that you decide to take, the advice that you take, right? It doesn't matter if it comes from somewhere outside of you or ultimately it comes from your higher self. What is the energy that you're making the decision in? You have to begin to discern. There's a dramatic difference between curiosity and a sense of panic. We've just been coached to try to think that true excitement and anxiety are the same thing, but they're not. One is a constricting energy and one is an expansive energy. Watching this documentary made my stomach turn. I was very disappointed that there is an individual who many people are following who is leading them down a path that says she has the answer for them and she knows the way. She doesn't. She doesn't know the way. She knows the way for her. She knows what her path of most allowance is. She knows the best way for her to do it, but there's no possibility that she can tell you the best way for you. Now, maybe the best way for you is to follow outside advice, is to do the suggestions that the person, the guru, the parent, the sister, the brother, the cousin, the friend is inviting you to do. But the only way to know that is to get in touch with, is it an energy of allowance or is an energy of fear that I'm taking this action in? I'm constantly astonished and I shouldn't be because I know this goes on. There's so much variety in this world and there's, there's never an option to go without constricting energy in the human experience. So I don't expect anyone to be operating purely on a vibrational positive realm positive frequency. It's just not possible. So, you know, spiritual gurus also have negative constricting beliefs. And oftentimes they are leading with that belief because they're not perfect, right? They have expanding beliefs and they have constricting beliefs. And depending on how they're feeling that day is depending on how they will lead. But I hear many of them say things like, quote, my message is so important. I'll stop at nothing to spread it, unquote which sounds impressive, right? It means it sounds like this person is motivated and inspired and they've got this really great thing and they wanna share it with everyone, but this can lead to harmful words and behaviors because the individual believes their mission is more important than anything else. And you know they might compromise honesty and integrity in the name of the mission. I've also heard highly Visible people say things like, I don't care what it takes. Everyone must know about this. Really? 
everyone? Hmm. This can lead to emotionally manipulating people in the name of power, fame, and money. I will never say to you that my methodology is the one way that will get you the results that you want. It's not. And it should only be considered in the context of what are the right choices for you in any given moment. Getting to know my intuition, following my intuition, understanding what it was has absolutely astronomically changed my life in so many ways. Now, maybe not necessarily in ways that other people can ascertain, but I'm a different person. I'm a much more confident person. I'm a much more loving person. I'm a much more balanced person. I don't get thrown off my game very easily. I totally understand that the future is unwritten and it's exciting to look forward to things and to know that my inner guidance is helping me along the way and it can be trustworthy and it knows everything about me because it is me. The kind of bravado that it takes for a person to believe that their way is the only way is in my opinion, problematic. As a global consciousness, there are always going to be challenges that we can look at through co-creative measures, meaning it'll be a blend of different solutions that people put forth. On an individual level though, you have the right to make the decisions that are best for you in any given moment. You are a sovereign being mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So if you find yourself leaning in the direction of giving someone else the power to know what is right for you, you may want to take a pause. You may want to just take a deep breath, recognize what you're doing. You know, we do this again with parents. Like we give our parents the ability, or as parents, we think we have the ability to know what is best for someone else. It's sort of written in the script. We, we say it, we're like, I'm doing this because it's best for my child. I believe it's best for my child without any consideration of the fact that this individual has an inner guidance system and maybe is making choices that you don't agree with, but honestly, it's the best choice for the child because they made it. And hopefully we can give them the leeway to follow their inner guidance. Spiritual leaders, psychics, mediums, channelers, of which I put myself in that category, right? I call myself a spiritual mentor. I want to walk beside people and hopefully, you know, if something that I say helps them in any given way, then I view that as exciting, right? I I want to be helpful in a positive way. But spiritual leaders or psychics or mediums or channelers, and again, I'm a channeler and I have mediumship capabilities, can understand that they have positive and negative belief systems, they have active filters, and they are translating vibration or energy through their active beliefs and filters. Um, They cannot see the future, right? Or the past, because there is no future or past. 
There's the idea of the future and the past, but there's only one moment, and that is this moment of now. And as I've been recording this podcast, right, we've had billions of moments of now. The time-space continuum is very real for us in this perspective. It's important for how we're crafting our narrative of connection back to disconnection. Seeing ourselves go through this time-space continuum, time meaning the hours, the days, the weeks, the months, space meaning location, you know, where are you in the world? Where are you in your house? Where are you on vacation? You know, space, time, time and space. We have to have these constructs because they're part of the agreement. They're part of what we work with. But a spiritual healer is simply a person with a perspective. Right? And they have to look through their active lenses. They can only translate their own energy in this moment. So that goes against pretty much everything we've ever been taught about energy. Because we use words like tapping into someone else's energy, reading someone else's energy. That is a misconception 100%. I don't think there are many people that know. I didn't know this for so long. I did not know this. I did. I thought people tapped into my energy and I thought I tapped into theirs. I thought I read their energy. The misconception that so many spiritual healers, gurus, coaches, teachers have is that they are reading other people's energy. They're not. They never take on someone else's energy or read it. They are using their own energy to match someone else's and then reading their own. Spiritual coaches and healers can realize this, that they're reading their own energy through the lens of their own belief systems and active filters. If digging into the pain is what you need to do, dig in, get in there and muck around, figure out what it's about. But if it's not, that's okay too. There's infinite other choices. And if you follow your inner guidance, it will lead you down the path of least resistance to get the results that you want, whether that's inner peace, a sense of being your authentic self and that how that's okay. We often call that self-confidence to some external materialized result, which are spiritual things, by the way, materialized Experiences doesn't mean non-spiritual. There's nothing more spiritual than physical reality. Years ago, when I had very strong pulsating active beliefs that I wasn't enough, I didn't know enough, I wasn't good enough, I wasn't smart enough, I wasn't talented enough, I wasn't pretty enough, I wasn't outgoing enough, right? These, these beliefs were the way I was flowing energy. I enrolled in another high-profile coach's program to become a certified coach with that organization. Now, many of you have heard me talk about this because it's the story where I talk about how I spent $20,000 in three years of my life, actually more than that probably, following this individual. And there's so many opportunities within the context of that story to view it from a victim mentality. This person did this to me right? Roped me in. 
And I had to process that for quite some time. I had, I was really angry. I was very upset. I was, it was a very active victimization, victim mentality. And what he offered me, you know, what I realized in hindsight, what he offered me was the mental diet with which I was vibrationally consistent. We cannot realize that which we are not the vibration of. You know, I was a vibrational co-conspirator of this experience. If I believe that there is no law of insertion, that nothing is being inserted into my reality, that I am matching someone else's energy and they are matching mine, and we are having our individualized experiences based on what our own energy is, then I have to say I wasn't a victim. I did feel like it. I honestly did. And it took me many, many, many moons to get over that. But I was vibrationally consistent with wanting the fast way, wanting the easy way, wanting the magical way, wanting to take quantum leaps, hacks and shortcuts to fame, fortune, right? He promised fame. He promised fortune. And I was like, yes, give it to me and give it to me the shortest path path possible, right? Get me there overnight and I will pay you the money and that'll be that. In trying to follow in his footsteps, my anxiety and lack of self-worth became magnified because I was going against what my inner being knew about me, that I was enough, always had been. I was not meant to follow in the footsteps of another. I was meant to be my one-of-a-kind self, and so are you. It was really, really painful to be so out of alignment in that way. And that's how I can relate to the followers of this spiritual guru that the Hulu documentary is based on. I was following a similar path, right? I thought someone else had the answers for me, but they don't. They might have, again, ideas that they can offer you. There might be things that you decide to pursue, but it's got to be your choice. It's got to be you know, something that resonates with you. So I want to invite you to trust yourself over the advice and counsel of anybody who's famous, right? Any spiritual guru who's got some magnificent following or has written a book that millions of people have written. And just in seeing them, maybe you watch YouTube or Netflix or whatever, and you see a video of them or you read their book and you're like, they have the answer. See if you can rescript that to be they have the answer for them. They have the answers that have worked for them. And maybe there's something that I can glean that works for me, but maybe there's something that I want to investigate about my own inner guidance and the next best step for me. It's more than okay to be confused about what your inner guidance sounds like, smells like, tastes like, feels like, right? It's okay. If you were raised in an environment that tried to strip you of your power, then you're going to be confused because you don't trust yourself. Self-trust is a journey. It's a road that we all have to travel. And there are varying degrees of self-trust. And everybody's doubting in certain topics and trusting in others. But I have found in my journey that the most dependable model 
for decision making is to get in touch with my intuition and listen to what it's saying to me. I happen to be someone who identifies with clear audience, clear sentience. Um, I have visions and feelings, you know, um, clear, pretty much every clear there is. I have experienced to some degree. That is one way that I identify with intuition, but there are other ways as well. You know, I mean, there are just so many ways that you can figure this out. I want to close this episode out by saying, it is my humble opinion that you are the authority over you. I don't want you to put any of your kudos in anyone else's bucket, not mine, not anyone else's. Because fundamentally, I believe we're at the precipice of a new energy on this planet. And we're moving into a space where we used to covet multiple gods hundreds of years ago. Then we move to one God and we argue, we're still arguing over whose God is the right God. And now we're moving towards the concept of the God within. And the God within is connected to your intuitive guidance. You know, whether you use that word or not, it's okay. Pick another word. Universal intelligence, source connected consciousness. That consciousness doesn't have any affiliations. It has no gender. It has no time frame. It isn't good or bad. It just is. And you are connected to this intelligence. It wants you to know that you can trust yourself. So let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you're thinking. Again, it's okay. If you're totally confused, if you're new to this conversation, perfect. Start where you are and begin to see what you can ascertain about your intuitive guidance. You are love, my friends. You are love and light. You can trust yourself and your inner guidance has your back. See you next time.